everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Wednesday. It is May 4th. It is 2022. We're going to talk about the seven-game main slate on today's podcast. I will say there is a Grinders Live at 1130 Eastern and a crunch time with Andre, TJ, and Kevin Roth at 1240 Eastern today for the early slate. So if you're looking for some information on the early slate make sure you check that out if not um we're going to talk to you here about the main slate i'm joined today by my good buddy you all know him as cheese is good i know him as david potts what's happening my friend hey uh somebody knows my name (laughs) i'm I'm just used to it now i know who i know who i am i'm confident and comfortable with my cheese self um but it's wonderful to be here it's so funny when i'm around like people outside of fantasy i get called steven and when i'm around anybody in the industry it's stevie um so it's just yeah yeah but yeah you're david you're dave you're my you're my (laughs) friend you know all those all those times we we spent walking the nashville streets together um from from to and from basketball games and all that kind of fun stuff but but glad to have you um I love talking baseball with you. I feel like our baseball minds are very similar, what we're looking at most times. So um, if you guys haven't, make sure you check out the musings every single day, Monday through Friday, right, Dave? Or are you doing it seven yes. days? Yes, uh, Monday through Friday. Yeah. One of the best, if not the best, baseball articles out there. And uh, we're going to pick his brain today, morning grind style. We're going to go game by game and break it down. We get started here with Minnesota at Baltimore, seven and a half total, and the Twins are a 135 favorite. Dylan Bundy going up against Kyle Bradish. Let's start here with Bundy. Dave, any interest here in Dylan Bundy going up against this, this terrible, terrible Baltimore team? Like, sadly, you have to have interest in Dylan Bundy. Like, he's exactly the kind of pitcher that benefits from a dead baseball. Um, he gave up a couple home runs in his last start. That was, those are the first home runs of the season. Like if he doesn't give up home runs, he's really good. Um, that's just kind of who he is. Um, and this, I mean, this Baltimore team just blah. I mean, and when we look at, when we get to like the rest of sort of the upper end of pitching, there's a lot of tough matchups and this is not one of them. So the way I see it is, if you are going to continue to buy into the home runs are down called to baseball, add in some weather in Baltimore, you add in the fences move back. Um, then Bundy becomes a, a very decent pitcher. I mean, he's not walking anybody average strikeouts. He's, he's fine. And I don't love him at the salary, but uh, he, he is on my radar. Yeah. You know, you mentioned he's someone that really benefits from whether it be the baseball, the cold weather, Baltimore's fence is getting moved back, whatever it may be. Um, he's someone that, yeah, he has good strikeout stuff, but he gives up a lot of hard contact and a lot of power. Well, one, there's not a lot of power in, in this lineup. And two, there's a ton of strikeouts in this lineup and they don't walk. So, I mean, Baltimore is a team that until this lineup gets better, we're just going to attack um, in the ballpark. The fences are moved back a little bit. We'll see how that does in the summertime. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dylan Bundy 
in play, 8,300. <laughs> the other side of this game, we have Kyle Bradish. Um, he had, I mean, he made his first start of the season last time out, faced the Red Sox. Watch some of that game. Um, I mean, he had decent stuff. It just doesn't seem, I don't know, it, it's so hard to tell after one start if someone is going to have it or not. Um, I'm more worried about just the the strikeout ability here for Kyle Bradish because if you look at like his strikeout numbers in AAA, they were solid. Swinging strike rate was a little bit lower than like what I like to see in AAA, but I mean he faced a tough Boston team, so maybe we like Kyle Bradish at 5,500. Yeah, in the context of this slate, I'm kind of in. Um, like he's the only cheap pitcher. That I like the only guy below 7K, and he's 55 on DraftKings. Um, I, I'm kind of with you, like on the strikeout. So, you know, 28 ish percent strikeouts in AAA is very good. Um, but, you know, his control wasn't great. Like you say, the swinging strikes weren't so good that, like, I don't think he's a 28% strikeout pitcher in the majors. I, I doubt he's probably even an average strikeout pitcher right away. Um, but it's kind of the same thing as with Bundy. Like we're kind of buying into this as a good pitching environment. Um, and it's completely just a salary thing. It's not like, oh, I think Bradish is going to be amazing here. It's just that there's nothing else below really 7,400 that I would even moderately consider. Um, so if I need a cheap pitcher, I think this is just it by default. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. I don't know if we're going to need a cheap pitcher. We do have course. And I mean, we, I think we are definitely going to be excited to attack, attack Patrick Corbin in course. So, I mean, I don't want to play Gutierrez. So if I'm like full on punting, I think it's him. I think it's Bradish. Um, yeah. I like the fact that he threw three pitches in his, his debut. He averaged 94 miles an hour with a fastball. He threw a slider and he, he mixed in a changeup every once in a while. Three pitches is always good. Um, so we'll have to kind of see, but yeah, I mean, I'm not running to the, like, I'm not excited to play him, but right. when you're, when you're looking at like lineup HQ tomorrow, I'm on value tags and on DraftKings, there's a good chance I tag him because there's not much under 8k today. So yeah, um, uh, no, go ahead. Oh uh, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Like there's certain lineups that you're going to want to build where you want to play you know, judge and the course field guys and that he's just sitting there. So I'll, I'll have him. All right. Let's talk bats in this game. Um, anything standing out to you from Minnesota? Yeah. So, I mean, you can just play, play the other side of that same card. Like we don't know what we have here and he, you know, he may not have strikeout ability at the majors. So sure. Um, you, you can stack the twins if you want. You can certainly play Buxton. Um, but like their, their salaries are kind of creeping up. They, they were really cheap for a while. Um, you know, kind of Kepler is kind of the only guy who sort of stands out salary wise at this point on DraftKings. And I don't know, they're, they're fine ish. Um, but I don't, I don't love them. Cause I do, I do think Bradish is, is at least decent. Yeah, I mean, his minor league numbers definitely suggest that he's decent. Um, I will say that Jose Miranda is still 2K. He opens up a lot. Um, 
And then, like you mentioned, Kepler, always someone that I'm willing to play. And then the, on the on the Baltimore side of things, man, like this lineup is bad. It, it's so bad. Um, I'll keep saying Cedric Mullins because I think $4,100 for a leadoff hitter of his skill level is very fair. But, I mean, outside of him, you could take shots on Santander at 2900 or Mancini at 2700 It's just maybe Baltimore is like a three-man cheaper stack, but I don't love it. Yeah, they're so cheap. Like, and because of the way Bundy is, like, if we suddenly got 2019 baseballs, like a batch of those, <laughs> I, w- I would be playing Santander, Mancini, and even Odor as, as cheap nonsense because they're cheap. Um, but yeah, as it is, I kind of like Mullins. I'm kind of with you on that. And then it's good enough because they're so cheap. If you want to go double aces in the core stack or something, um, you know, the, the bad version of Bundy will give a home runs to anybody, including at least the top six guys in this order. Um, but it's stacking them is so tough because there's so many outs in there. I think it's interesting you mentioned like 2019 baseballs. I think like what we're hearing from like pitchers is like like every single one of these baseballs is inconsistent. There's not like it's consistent, like they're getting consistent baseballs. So, I mean, that has to be frustrating as someone that pitched for a long time. Feel of a yeah, baseball. That's, yeah. that's even worse. Like MLB doesn't owe it to us or anyone to have a certain um, – hitter friendliness of baseball like it can be a dead ball a live ball whatever but they do owe it to the major league pitchers to have a consistent ball yep. like that that to me is, is unacceptable yeah even if it's consistently bad at least it's consistent yeah yeah if they want a dead ball great if they want a live ball great but yeah you, you can't give a guy two different balls in the same game all all the fans no one wants a dead baseball um anyway we got the yankees we got toronto eight total in this game and I mean, it kind of opened as a pick game, but most books have it now as Yankees minus 130. We got Cortez against Kikuchi. Uh, any interest here in Nestor Cortez? Ah, uh, yes. Um, so when we get up, there's sort of four kind of, you know, top-tier pitchers. And one of them, I think, is going to be wildly obvious with, with Giolito. But when you look at the other guys, like – because of the matchup and sort of lack of track record, I mean, people are still going to be a little scared of playing Cortez. Um, and like, I'm not crazy about it because I do like the Blue Jays a lot, but like this strikeout stuff is real. Um, and I'm certainly not going to play a couple of these other expensive guys. So, I mean, yes, he's not like a primary play for me because of Giolito sitting next to him, but, uh, yeah, he can strike out anybody, so I'm somewhat interested. Yeah, he he, I mean, he has that cutter. He has an above-average cutter, right? Like, he has, like, a fastball cutter-slider combination and, like, a very above-average cutter. And, like, anybody that has an above-average cutter can pitch well in the majors just because it's such a good pitch. Um, the strikeout stuff, I think, is real. The strikeouts in the Toronto lineup is iffy. Um, this is a good lineup, top to bottom. The bottom, not so much, but, you know, this is a good lineup. So I think he's a great tournament play. I don't think anybody would be playing him in this spot. And then on the other side, Kikuchi against the Yankees. Uh, no, I'm going to pass. Nah, he, walks, he walks people. He gives up a ton of power to righties. Like, this is just not a spot. 
Yeah, this is definitely the easiest path. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll play Corbin and cores as early as I'll play Kikuchi, like now, just now. Yeah, I think the Yankees, if you're trying to pivot off of cores, are the top stack on the slate. Um, you got to pay up for Judge. If you're stacking the Yankees, I think you have to get Rizzo in there, even though it's lefty-lefty. Um, but yeah, Stanton, 4,600. You're going to get some cheap guys here. Um for for New York, like Torres is 36. Hicks should hit leadoff at 36. So the stack will come together and it's a great spot. Yeah, this is, I think I probably like this better than Coors. Um, I love Judge and Stanton, obviously. They, they have a few different ways they can set up their lineup, but hopefully we do see Hicks, if not up top, somewhere good. Um, and then, you know, Torres is cheap. I agree. You want Rizzo because he's the guy no one will play because it's lefty lefty. Like I just, I really love that whole um, top six there. And I think it's worth spending for Like when I look at this team, that's kind of why I go back to saying, oh, I'm probably going to play Bradish. So I don't want to have to mess around with playing, you know, Kiner, Falefa and stuff. Like in my Yankee stacks, I just want to go with, you know, Judge Stanton, Rizzo, Donaldson, and then maybe one cheap guy. But I, I love it. Yep. I love the Yankees here too. I think you could make an argument for stacking Toronto on this slate as well. Um, even though Cortez is an above average pitcher, this lineup is so good. And I think they're going to come in pretty low owned because they are kind of pricey here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Toronto bets? Yeah, I would say I'd rather well love Guerrero to, today. Um, like if you look at the way Cortez pitches, it's either strikeout or 50% fly balls to righties and Vlad doesn't strike out. Um, and he's still someone that we want against fly ball pitchers. Um, you know, you kind of say the same about Bichette, but, uh, to me, Vlad is really one of the top plays on the slate. Um, and feel free to maybe mini stack the top of the lineup. Um, but just looking at individual matchup. Yeah. The strikeouts don't scare me so much with Guerrero and sort of with Bichette. Yeah. I mean, they're going to throw a lot of righties at him here. So while Cortez is going to probably get some strikeouts there, I think there's going to be a couple home runs, if not more than a couple home runs. So yeah, that's very possible. All right. Up next, you got the angels at Boston taking on the Red Sox. We'll have to check with Kevin Roth on this one. This is a game that has some potential here night before. Books don't even have a lineup for this game yet. Um, it is Dietmers against Whitlock. So let's start here with Reed Dittmers. Any interest in the lefty going into Fenway against the Red Sox here if the weather is not a problem? Um, not quite because of where he's priced. Like This is a guy I really like him. Uh, I think he's a extremely legit young pitcher. And in general, I'm going to be in, in certain spots this year, but um, I mean, at, at 8k in Boston, I, I, it's, that's a little silly. That's where I'll just play Bundy instead of him. Like I'm not basically, I think at this point he kind of is similar to Dylan Bundy without probably without the same home run problems. But um, to me, he's priced up a little too much for, for this game, even though I really do like him in general. Yeah. I think he has some talent. I just think that he, needs that uh, like he needs to improve on like his changeup or something to right-handed hitters because 
even last year, he's just been someone that has really struggled with getting right-handed hitters out. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about the Red Sox bats in a minute. The other side of this game, we got Whitlock. I mean, this isn't your typical Angels team. It's something that I keep talking about on the podcast every time. Um, like, there's strikeouts in this lineup top to bottom now. This isn't your Angels team from the years past. They, there's actually probably a little bit more power in this lineup. Whitlock is a kid that has shown a little bit of strikeout ability. Do we roll the dice here at 7,800 if the weather's okay? Or do we say Trout, Otani, Rendon, they're enough to not play Whitlock here? Yeah, it's really still the pitch count issue. Like, they've worked him up so slowly. Like, he's, you know, he got up to 60 pitches last game. I don't think they want to push him much more than being a four inning guy yet. I mean, maybe a couple more starts, they'll get there. I'm not saying it's not possible that he gets five innings and, you know, 75 pitches, but that's kind of like his ceiling is so capped because of that. Um, I mean, he's good. Um, But kind of like you said with the angels, I think the power risk is as bad on the one hand as the strikeouts are on the other hand. Yeah. It's a totally different angels team this is not your grandpappy's angels as they say um i don't know who they are but they say that's what they say um yeah i just if i was sure he was stretched out i would be interested as it is um just just barely um in in multi-entry like i'll play him ahead of detmers but i i don't i don't trust the leisure so i mean the reason that he got the start the last time out was because Tanner Hook um, couldn't travel because of the vaccination stuff. And like Alex Cora was like, Oh, maybe we'll give him another go around here. So, I mean, it still sounds like they want Tanner Hook to be that like starter and Whitlock out of the bullpen. But I think if he goes out and he throws another solid outing, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think the pitch count is the biggest concern. Are they really going to let him go 80 pitches? Probably not. Yeah, um, it, yeah, that's how it sounds to me. Like they're still viewing him as either a long reliever or like a piggyback starter or, or something. So, yeah. If we do see him go like 80 pitches in this start and he gets another start, I think that is when we have some interest in Whitlock. Um, because I do think he has some talent. You know, anybody yeah. that can produce 13% swing and strikes um, has talent. It's just can he do that in a starter situation too, instead of just out of the bullpen? Um, Angels bats. I mean, you you could play Trout Otani any day. Uh, Taylor Ward, this guy. Were you <laughs> expecting Taylor Ward to hit the ball this well this year? Like, what is going uh, on? I did not realize he was going to be an MVP candidate. No, um, or the the best hitter on his own team. No, I didn't expect any of this. Um, but like the whole lineup is is really pretty scary now. When you can, I mean, Rendon's still you know good. Walsh is pretty good. And then Taylor Ward hitting like this all around Trout and Otani. Like so this team has reached my stack them every day, no matter what category. Um, assuming I'm doing, you know, 10 plus lineups. Like they're just that good. It's kind of like Toronto uh, in a very similar situation today. Like good good opposing pitchers, but the top of these lineups are just incredibly elite. Um and if we do only get, you know, four innings from Whitlock, I mean, the Red Sox don't have a, a bad bullpen, but um, yes, I'm going to have some, some top of the angels 
I mean, there's a bad half of the Red Sox bullpen. There's a good half. There's a really good half of the Red Sox bullpen. But, okay, so let's throw this scenario out there. We get Whitlock, and he gets in trouble in the third inning. Do they roll out Tanner Hook? I mean, Tanner Hook's someone that can walk people, and we can get some more runs that add up as well. So I think the Angels are a sneaky stack today. I I like this spot for them, assuming the weather holds off. Yeah. Because I think Tanner Hook would be the guy that comes in and pitches in relief, but I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched the last couple of days to know if he's actually done that or not. But um, Boston side of this game, I have a ton of interest in the Red Sox here. You know, Detmers is a guy that's really struggled with left or right-handed bats, and I mean, we're gonna get Trevor Stories, Andrew Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Kiki. Um, like that's just four off the top of my head. I'll find a fifth person to stack in this spot. Yeah, this is, um, I think, pretty much just next in line after the, the Yankees in chorus. Um, it's going to be this Red Sox lineup. Even if Devers pitches pretty well, like, he'll probably give up something to the righties, and then, you know, he's he's not going to pitch more than five innings anyway. Um, yeah, I really like everyone you mentioned. And just like you said, play, you know, be sure you play Rizzo in your Yankee stacks. Be sure to play Devers in your – Boston stacks um, surrounded by those righties. But yeah, like very clearly um, one of the top teams on the slate and pretty, pretty affordable ish. Like, especially if you're playing like Kiki Hernandez at 3,700. Only Devers is 5K. So I think Vasquez is 3,300 too. Yeah. And I don't know what, what exactly they're doing now with. Bobby Dahlbeck, um, but I would assume he starts and, you know, there's there's a 3K low average power bat that just, I mean, you can you can build this a lot of ways and make it affordable if you need it to be. J.D. Martinez is 4,300. That's that's low. I'll say this about Bobby Dahlbeck. You're probably getting three at-bats. They like to pinch hit a lot for him, so. Yeah. All right. As well they, as well yeah. they should. They should. <laughs> Coming, coming from a Red Sox fan. They, um, all right, we move on. We got the battle in Chicago again. The White Sox and the Cubs, Giolito, Hendricks. It is the night before, but, you know, it's Wrigley, so we got to look. But it looks like we're going to have 8 to 12-mile-an-hour winds blowing in from center field, and it's supposed to be 45 degrees at first pitch. Lucas Giolito, 9,500, winds blowing in, cold weather. We're waiting for Lucas Giolito to arrive this year. This could be the spot we finally see Lucas Giolito have a big game. Yeah, I, I think that's this is the very easy, obvious best play on the slate. Like even when he like he hasn't been pitching well, he's still striking. He still has a thirty eight percent strikeout rate with eighteen percent swinging strikes. Like the control started out a little wonky and the, he wasn't pitching deep, but like, yeah, like don't be silly. Just just play Giolito. And I mean, to anybody that's like kind of worried about who played like Kopech yesterday, Kopech was at 83 pitches. He gave up a single. He was struggling with command and they're going to have kids gloves with him. Uh, I mean, he is someone they want at the end of the season if they're in a playoff hunt. So uh, it did not shock me that Kopech got pulled in the, the fifth inning there uh, at 83 pitches. But yeah, it's usually go through through 99 yeah. last start. So you're not going to run into that situation here. Yeah, it's just like I just wanted to point out it's a way different situation. Giolito yeah. is not Kopech situation, but yeah, 
I think Giolito's clear-cut top option on this slate. And then Kyle Hendricks on the other side. Kyle Hendricks is a an average pitcher. This lineup is is solid. I probably don't go Hendricks. I try to find some upside instead of taking someone that I'm just hoping keeps the ball in the ballpark and doesn't strike anybody out. Yeah, it's just a really funny pitching slate after you get past really Giolito and, and a couple other expensive guys. Like you're kind of looking at so we've already talked about Bundy and Whitlock. Like that's kind of your trio to choose from if you can't spend nine thousand on two pitchers. It's it's an eighty three hundred Bundy, a seventy eight hundred Whitlock, or a seventy four hundred Hendricks, or then you're all the way down to Bradish. And here, I think I just go back to I think I just play Bradish and, and get a couple extra bats. Like a, a little wind is not enough to make Kyle Hendricks good. Like. He's fine-ish, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't like the low upside. And if he would need 30-mile-an-hour wins to not have any downside. So um, I, I, I truly do not love it. I got one more picture that we'll talk about here in a couple games. Um, it's actually the next game we're going to talk about that he's in the conversation. But I agree with you. If I'm playing Hendricks, I'm just I'm going down to Bradish. And I think they, I think they both score around 15 on a good day. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think Kyle Hendricks does have a little bit more upside because he is someone that can go seven or eight innings some games. But I think overall, the White Sox lineup is going to be a lot better than the Minnesota lineup too. So yeah. I don't. That's why I go Bradish. But let's talk about these White Sox bats. I mean, the wind is a little bit better today. It was 20 miles an hour. On Tuesday, it's going to be eight. It's still super cold in Chicago. So I don't think I want to stack the White Sox in this spot. But, I mean, Hendricks, even dating back to last year, has just been awful against lefties. So maybe I roll out a a Gavin Sheets at 3,500 as, you know, a little bit of a power one-off, even though he hasn't really shown the power this year. Um, What are your thoughts here on the White Sox? Um, I think I am willing to stack them. Okay. Okay. like Hendricks is just that bad. Like the, it's not, it's not cold enough. Like, like I said, I I would need 30 mile an hour winds and 20 degrees to not want to at least consider, you know, I mean, they're far enough down the list. They're behind the Yankees. They're behind the Red Sox. They're behind cores. Um, I think I, I would stack them before I would stack like the twins or probably the angels. Um, I just, I like the team and uh, I don't like Hendricks. So uh, I am going to be willing to stack them. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to find many teams outside of like top tier teams today that are going to have five, six guys with 200 ISOs plus um, with almost, almost everybody in this lineup top to bottom has a hard hit rate over 40% since the start of last year. So, I mean, these guys hit the ball hard. Um, so I, I can get behind looking at some white, they're cheap. I didn't realize yeah. how cheap the White Sox were. Like they're they're really they're really cheap outside of Anderson. They're cheap. Yeah, and yeah, it really is an impressive if you look at the plate IQ. There's a bunch of green in there with the I seven hard hits, like you say. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested. And Kyle Hendricks likes to attack hitters, man. He'll throw a lot of strikes. So that's what we want to see when we're looking at these hard hit rates. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't think I want to play any of the Cubs against Giolito. No. 
that that Rivis kid, I mean, he he's shown a little bit of good bat like control to start the year, and he's twenty seven hundred. But I don't know if Giolito's the spot I really want to play him against. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. I'm gonna say it's not, Steve. You don't. You, it's not the spot you want to play him. Nope. Moving on, we got Cincinnati at Milwaukee. Seven and a half total in this game. The Brewers are a minus two fifty favorite in this game. Gutierrez against Peralta. Let's start here with Gutierrez. Um, <laughs> Let's do. Uh, I just like I just pulled up his his numbers and it, it's laughable, really. Um, it's hard to believe. Like I'm double checking that I don't have my strikeouts and walks flip flopped in the, in the in the columns there. No, you don't. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he walked six six batters last start and four the start before that. That's fantastic. No, yeah, it's it's not been great. Like his walk rate against lefties in 271 plate appearances is almost higher than his strikeout rate against lefties. So um, Gutierrez has struggled mightily with lefties, and we'll we'll see that lineup from the Brewers here, where they go lefty righty, lefty righty. They love to do that, Craig Council. Um, but yeah, this is not a spot you're playing Gutierrez, and Milwaukee's oh, another man. team we're going to talk about for bats. Yep. Uh, Freddie Peralta finally, I mean, okay, it was Pittsburgh. Don't get me wrong, but finally had that like seven strikeout, no earned runs, really solid outing last time out against Pittsburgh. No Joey Votto. This lineup is, is not great. I think Freddie Peralta, like there's a conversation for him to be the top pitcher on the slate today, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I think he's probably more or less back which you know freddie peralta being back still inconsistent um but still a guy you want in good matchups with his strikeout ability i i can't i can't get him ahead of giolito at all um if i'm playing like dave i'm playing like a cash or like i play main lineups where i play a lot of single entry teams on draftings and like three entry max mm -hmm. giolito peralta is probably my combo today Yes, uh, that I agree. That is the cash combo, and you can get it. Like Peralta is only six hundred dollars more than Bundy, which is silly. So, yes, I, I think absolutely. Um, the, the the cheap Bradish thing is not uh, like a one lineup thing. So, yeah, I'm totally with you that I think Gilito and Peralta is the kind of chalk cash single entry combo. Yeah, I mean. You look at this lineup top to bottom. You look at this lineup this season. If we just like filter 2020 numbers or 2022 numbers, like no one's hitting. Um, so, yeah, I just I love the spot for Peralta. And I mean, on a slate where we have pitcher pitching like this, where we don't have like four or five like straight up studs in great spots, a, a win matters. And I think <clears throat> I think Peralta five, six clean innings is, is very doable. And I mean, I think a win is very, very likely here um, with Gutierrez pitching against him. Yeah. Uh, agree on all counts. Um, he's the, the clear SP two. And like, really the, the conversation point is, do you want to get sneaky and play Cortez instead of Peralta for a thousand dollars more in a tougher matchup just to be different? Um, that that's sort of the the large field tournament decision. Um, 
yeah, optimal lineup wise, it's it's Peralta with Giolito. Yeah, and I mean, in tournaments, you can take shots on Bundy. You can go down and get Bradish and load up a couple extra bats. So I think tournaments, there's a few different ways, but like a main lineup for me today, I want these two guys. Um, Cincinnati bats. I'll say this. Um, it worked out for me. I didn't expect it to work out as well as it did, but I pivoted off of Miranda because he was going to be like 25% owned to Mustakis. You played the moose. Good job. He, he, he yeah. was 2K, the same price. And yeah. I mean, it worked out. He was he was one point eight percent in the three contests that I entered with that lineup, and I mean, he's two K again. He's going to bat fourth. As much as I like Peralta, if Miranda is going to be chalk again, I don't hate throwing out Mustakas um, there at two K. I mean, I've done crazier things. Yeah, I mean, Peralta is a extreme fly ball pitcher to lefties, and I mean, if he doesn't strike everybody out. You know, yeah, Moustakas or Naquin or someone could absolutely hit a homer. He's just 2K. I mean, you're, there's not many scenarios you're going to get, like, the splits advantage, a 2K guy hitting fourth on a, on any slate. So Yeah, and and who cares if he gets you a zero, honestly, at 2K? I mean, you're going you're gonna to be taking some zeros anyway. At least he has the upside. All right, let's talk Milwaukee bats. Um, everybody, Yelich is cheap, Colton Wong. Um, Rowdy Tellus, I think, just hit a home run as we're recording. Yeah, I just, so, I just saw that pop up. Like, I mean, Milwaukee's in a great spot. They actually, they might be cracking that, like, top three stack for me today. Um, I might not stack as cores as much as I initially thought I was going to on the slate. That's kind of where I'm feeling already, too. And among the teams we've talked about, Milwaukee is the cheapest yet. Um Adamas at 46 is, is the high watermark. And then like Tellez and McCutcheon, Arvaez, Renfro are all under 4K. Um, yeah, it's it, a guy like Gutierrez. To me, it's it's really tough not to just full stack because who knows who's going to get something near the strike zone because he's going to he walks so many guys, especially with the lefties. Like he walks like 100 percent of lefties, roughly. I, I did the rough math in my head. Um, so it's it's hard to play Wong or Yelich or Tellez on their own when it's just such a high likelihood that the ball gets thrown 20 feet out of the zone to them. Um, I, I love the stack. Yeah, I love the stack too. I mean, anytime, you know, we talk about it all the time and I know you talk about it in your article and your crunch time and all that stuff, but anytime you get a pitcher that's just wild, you just stack against him because not only is he wild, as far as just like missing low outside, hitting the ground. Like when a guy is struggling with command, he's going to float some fastballs over the middle of the plate. And when you do that in the majors, you're going to give up home runs. So I like the Brewers here. All right, let's talk cores. We got Washington against Colorado, 10 and a half total in this game. Highest total on the slates. Uh, the Rockies, a 150 favorite. Patrick Corbin going up against Austin Gomber. Um, we're not playing Patrick Corbin here, right? Even though he <laughs> he he pitched really good against Miami last yeah. time out. I'm, I'm as I like to say, I'm happy for him and his friends and family, and that's all wonderful. Uh, <laughs> please don't play Patrick Corbin. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Patrick Corbin, he's a guy that gives up what forty five percent hard hits. Um, like he has a 32 and a half percent hard to soft contact ratio. That's all I need to tell you. Um, he'll strike some guys out. Don't get me wrong, 
but yeah, he's going to give a lot of, lot of hard contact yeah. here. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe that ERA is the end all be all, but 869 is pretty high. Um, and it was 582 last year and, and, uh, it could go up from there. I mean, I, I, I don't love ERA, but I do like whip and it's over like two. <laughs> it's over two. That's fantastic. It's like really hard to do, even if you were trying to. Yeah. Um, I mean, his whip has averaged over 1.5 the last two seasons, which is just historically bad. Um, like he's just done. So do not play Patrick Corbin. All right. Let's talk Gomber here. Um, talk me off the ledge. <laughs> um. So uh, Gomber's a, a very decent pitcher. Like, I, I do not dislike him at all as a pitcher. I play him a fair amount on the road. Um, and it's not that he can't pitch at cores either. Um, 6,700 to me, like he should be 5,500 where you're choosing between him and Braddish. Cause then you could say, well, Gomber's a better pitcher. So I'll forget the course field factor and I'll play Gomber. Um, if you don't need the salary at all, like you're just sitting, you have that $1,200 extra. I would not talk you off of playing Gomber instead of Bradish. And I'm fine with playing Gomber instead of Hendricks who's a little bit more. Um, officially, I don't plan to play him. Um, like it's sort of a weird price point. Um, but I mean, I totally believe he's good. Um, and, and I don't think it's crazy. Not only like, okay, so I probably will end up on one of my three teams with Gomber today because when we look at like Washington, I mean, they're good hitters. Don't get me wrong. Nelson Cruz, one of the best right-handed hitters against left-handed pitching for the last 10 years. Um, I just look at the ground ball rates and to to really take advantage in cores, I'm not going to take advantage of Washington being a ground ball team against Gomber, who's a ground ball pitcher in course. Um, I could see this being a spot that Gomber goes out and throws six innings, gives up a couple runs, strikes out five to eight hitters and puts up 20 to 25. And on this slate, I would be ecstatic with 20 fantasy points at 6,700. So I think, I think he's, he's playable. Um, I mean, you just got to get around like, Soto Bell Cruz. And I mean, Soto lefty lefty. And and then I'll say, like, I'm not sure that Nelson Cruz isn't pretty much done. Like, I I think we're seeing the steep decline. So he doesn't even really scare me so much anymore. Um if you had to choose, okay, so you're you're a um you're a GM, would you take Nelson Cruz or Albert Pulhos right now? I would take Nelson Cruz. I don't I'm, think I was just curious. I, it's cl- I, it's closer than it seems like it should be, though. I think no, this is Nelly's last year for sure. Yeah. Um, it stinks, man. I mean, the boomstick is someone that we've loved for years. It's just it actually might be time for him to hang it up. Um, let's talk Washington bats here. I think I made my argument for Gomber. And I will say last thing on like Gomber versus Bradish. If Bradish is getting like 20 to 25% and Gomber is getting like five, I think that even makes me more appealed to play Gomber. And that sounds believable that it's, you know, uh, 
yeah, maybe 20 for Bradish and five for Gomber. Yeah, I, I could see that. Well, I think it also is going to be like recency bias. And um, I mean, what the Nationals have nine runs. Yeah. Now that you see the one the one game that looks like a course field game for the Nats. Yeah, I agree. Um, and people will play uh, Hendricks ahead of Gomber as well. So, all right. Uh, Washington bats. Any interest here in Washington? Um. It's kind of just the old, I mean, I'll always stack everyone in cores um, when they're facing a non-elite pitcher and Gomber's not elite, um, but I don't, I don't love it. Um, I don't feel like I did yesterday. Um, I mean, Josh Bell kind of stands out, um, but basically, no, it's just kind of a, like, I don't like him as much as the Yankees, or the Red Sox. I don't like them that much more than the Brewers or the White Sox or the Angels or the Red Sox. I already said the Red Sox, the, uh, the White Sox. So, I mean, yeah, they're just kind of, eh, it's in cores, so sure, but I, I don't love it. Weird names I'm going to throw out there that I think are going to have pretty high ownership today. Um, Lane Thomas and Riley Adams, I think, will be popular today. People love Lane Thomas. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's a weird thing, but he's 2,500. Um, so I mean, sure. I, I Riley get it. Adams is twenty four hundred at catcher with the platoon split. So in cores, I think both of those guys will get a lot of ownership today. Um, the Colorado side. I mean, I think the Rockies are the top stack on the slate. Um, yes, it's cores, and that's not like crazy to say. We've talked about a lot of spots today, but Patrick Corbin is just a guy you can just load up on. And I mean, you get Crone, Gritchick, Joe. Rogers, Diaz, I'm probably missing people, but there's plenty of good right-handed hitters in this lineup where I, I think you could really attack Patrick Corbin here with the Rockies. Yeah, it's pretty close to ideal. Like this Rockies team is set up better to face lefties. Um, I mean, you, I think you can still play McMahon in there, but yeah, Joe Gritchick, Crone um, are top of the slate kind of bats. I really like Rogers. Um I'm I'm trying to pull up those prices again. I just dropped. Yeah, thirty five hundred for Rogers. Yeah, that's that's too cheap. Um, it, it's tough. Like you, the Joe Crone Grichik, all being over five k is really tough. And I don't think you have to have all three of those guys in every Rocky stack because at that point you're just you're you're definitely playing like Bradish or Gomber and you're punting several other spots. Like that's a really expensive trio for who they are. So I'd probably have, um, you know, two of those guys in a stack. And then depending on what else the lineup looks like, um, Rogers probably, and I don't know who else. Um, so I, I love them, but I don't, I don't love them at the price to make them stand out. Um, like I'm, I would play judge and Stanton before I play Joe and Gritchick, uh, if I'm spending up. So that makes it not like clearly my favorite stack overall. I mean, uh, there is, I mean, the Brewers too. Um, so the, you, I, I haven't tried to build this lineup, but I'm wondering if it, a Rockies Brewer stack is going to be the thing that's too easy to fit and, and becomes the chalk. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to play around like with it. I mean, we have so many hours before lock and there's always a 2k guy that pops up like Mike Moustakis. So 
All right. We finished it out. San Francisco, Adelaide taking on the Dodgers. Uh, no books have a line out for this game yet, but it does sound like it's going to be Alex Wood going up against uh, Tony Gonzalez. Talk to me here about Alex Wood. Um, nice guy, you know, friend of the family. Um, that's all fine and good and wonderful. And I hope he does well and I hope he wins. And also don't play him in TFS. Uh, like, it's just not necessary. Like, 9,200 against the Dodgers when you have Giolito and Peralta surrounding him or go up to Cortez if you want. Like, he's he's a he's a very good pitcher, and uh, you don't need him. Like, I took – I played Carlos Rodon on one of my teams on Tuesday, and the Dodgers are just making him work so hard, and – I would definitely classify Carlos Rodon as a better pitcher than Alex Wood. Um, yeah, so. if, if Rodon is having trouble, which he is, like, well, through too many, like, yeah, it's just this team is too good to, to mess with. They're just, I mean, they're, they just work the counts. They just, the lineup in general, and, like, they added Freeman to this lineup in the offseason, and, like, Freddie Freeman is a guy that walks a ton against left-handed pitching and, like, works counts. So I just don't think this is the spot for Alex Wood. Would it shock me if Alex Wood has a good game? No, because he's a good pitcher, but I don't think this is a spot I'm going to pay 9200 for him. And Tony Gonzalez on the other side, I mean, the Giants aren't the best team in baseball. I disagree strongly, but go on. No, I listen, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard me all last year say how good the Giants were before everybody kind of like jumped on. But what I was going to say is Gonzalez not going to throw 85, more than 85 pitches at 8,600. Um, so I just don't see the ceiling. Yeah, it's just there's there's absolutely no reason to do it at this price. Um, just I, I think it's an easy X button for both pitchers in this game. All right, let's talk bats. Anything standing out to you for the Giants? Well, so what's funny is it's an easy X button for both pitchers, but don't really love the bats either. Um, so the giants are still like super watered down with all this weird, this guy has COVID and this guy doesn't, I mean, we're not even going to know who's starting until three hours before the game. I'm fine to play some of these cheap righties, but they're not that cheap anymore. Like Darren Ruff has been priced up. Flores has been priced up. Slater is pretty cheap. Um, but it's much more without when they're not facing a righty with all their normal lefties, like when they don't have jock and belt, um, they might, they might get Peterson back, but um, it's just not a team for DFS. It's a real life team that I love, but it's not a DFS team. I love against righties without all their guys. I think jock and Yaz are back for this game. Oh, is Yaz coming back too? I didn't know. said he that. could be activated on Wednesday off the COVID list. So, okay. Well, that actually changes it a little bit. If they get both jock and Yaz, um, I would have a little more interest. Um, they're still behind that big clump of teams we've talked about. Um, but getting two of those big three lefties back um, to add with Crawford it is enough to put them on the radar. Yeah. Cause I don't think belt's been out long enough. I think COVID. he has, I think he can come back on the sixth. Yeah. So he probably won't be back here, but I mean, Jack Peterson going up against the Dodgers, little revenge, little revenge. He's going to swing the bat harder. Um, 
Revenge in baseball is just not the same as <laughs> it's basketball. The, it's the craziest thing. I love it. In basketball, like you control like how much you like shoot, oh, yeah. and, like handle the ball. Yeah. But in baseball, can, I mean, you're, are you really going to swing harder? <laughs> like, <laughs> it would be great if the manager could just decide to give a guy more at bats for revenge. Like, yeah, we're going to bring Jock up again. I will. Then, there, I, then it would be a thing. I will say something from like my baseball days. Whenever you threw at me, like I always seemed like I hit better um, the next pitch. So. Or that at bat. But anyway, Jock's off to a really strong start. Like he was hitting the ball really well before the groin injury. So could be a good one off play, even. Um, the Dodgers are expensive, like really expensive. But and Alex Wood's a good pitcher. I don't I don't think I play Dodgers here, but I will say, like, if I end up on a Dodgers stack, it wouldn't shock me. It's just I tried to stack the Dodgers on Tuesday and couldn't make the lineup work because they were so expensive. Yeah, it's like they're they're one of those teams. I said it with the Angels. Like, I'm going to have a Dodger stack every day, all year, no matter what, assuming I'm multi-entering. Um, they're just too good. But when you look at the pricing, 6K for Betts, 58 for Turner, 55 for Freeman – 51 for Smith, like you're not really stacking them as a priority. Um, they're not the top team on the slate because wood is good enough. So yeah, it's very much a, a leftover pretty far down the list. Multi-entry stack just because they're the Dodgers. All right, let's play the morning grind game and then we're going to get out of here. We're going to use DraftKings pricing like always. Um, under 8,000 at pitcher, Dave, to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got today? Six or more strikeouts. So um, I actually will leave your guy for you because it's an injury because I think it's worth it. And I think he'll get more than six. And I'll say Whitlock will get six in, in four innings. Do you think my guy is Gomber? Or yeah. do you think, okay, I thought you were going to think my guy was Bradish. Maybe, no, it's Gomber. No. No, I think Gomber, yeah. The I, more would, I, I would project Gomber for like seven, honestly. The more I think about it, the more I will definitely have him at, on one of my three teams today. Because, I mean, I want to stack the Yankees, and they're expensive, and yeah. There, there might be a Gomber-Bradish lineup that's just too good not to play. There you go. I mean, yeah. dead baseball season, we're, we're wanting all the bats, but who knows? Um over 8,000 at pitcher to score under 15 DraftKings points. Who's going to bust today? Over 8,000? There's actually a lot of options there. Um, I, I guess I'll say Alex Wood. Yeah, Alex Wood and Tony Gonzalez, same game. I think those are the two guys I'm least likely to play over 8K today. Uh, un, or Over 4,000 to hit a home run, not in course field. Um, there's also a lot of those. I'll take the very easy Aaron judge. I like it. I'm going to go right above 4,000 today and go JD Martinez mm -hmm. under 4,000 to get two hits. Not in cores. What do you got today to get two hits? Two hits. Um, there's a lot of bats down there too, right there. Um, I will take Aaron Hicks. I like it. I'm going to go Andrew McCutcheon. Mm -hmm. Give me a stack to score six or more runs. 
Um, there's a lot of those as well. Um, there's actually not, no one's, no one's going to score six runs. Um, how about uh, if we take the Brewers? I was going to take the Brewers as well, so I'll take the Yankees. Um, I really like the Brewers today. I really like the Brewers today. We get that question in expert survey, which team would you use for leverage in low dollar tournaments? The Brewers is by far that team for me today. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, nothing standing out to me as far as the betting stuff. The only thing that like I do like a little bit today is you can get Rockies minus one and a half at plus one thirty on BetMGM. Um, I do think if the Rockies win this game, it would be more, more than two runs. So I like that one. I think Gomber could keep the Nationals down, and I think the Rockies pummel Corbin. So that's the only bet that's really standing out to me. Um, Dave, you do anything with betting? Is there anything that's standing out to you at all? I don't do a single thing. Um, I would be the worst person to take any betting advice from. I might be like super live to win a tournament. CJ Crone just hit a home run. Joe Ryan yeah. does anything today. And I I think all of my hitters on my DraftKings team have over 15 points. And Joe Ryan sitting there with a seven and Kopech yeah. sitting there with a 15. <laughs> yeah, we, we finally got, got some offense today. And from the places you would kind of expect it. So, yeah, the, the scores are uh, a little more respectable here. Yeah, Colton Wong at 6% and Mike Moustakas at, at 2%, combining for 40. It was very helpful today. Yeah, I had a lot of the Wong-Adamas combo getting those points. Was, I mean, yeah. I didn't – Tyler Molly hasn't been pitching great to start the year in the Brewers. No. So back to the well on the Brewers. That's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. Cheese, always a pleasure. You guys can check him out, like I said, in the musings and crunch time all the time. You'll actually be on crunch time today. So we're doing a crunch time at 1240 with Roth, Andre, and TJ, and then Roth, Cardi, and Cheese at 630. Um, make sure you give Cardi some trouble here about Nelson Cruz and Coors. Um, that's going to wrap it yes. up. For, <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. See you then.